Well, hello to my beautiful Shoreline family. I am so honored and thrilled that I get to be with you today. I wish I was there in person to see you actually face to face, but by the power of technology, we're together anyway. We made a way where there was no way. I love you guys. Love you, Pastor Earl and Anika, your family to me. And so I want to open the word with you as family today. I know you're in a series right now. You've been thinking around all this subject of the kingdom and what kingdom are we building? And I love that thought. We've never had a time, have we, church, where we really need to go back to the basics of what it is we're called to build. And so I want to add my voice today to the rest of the team. I want to open the word with you and help us reestablish maybe something that is foundational, but has actually been moved to the side of our lives. Maybe it's something that we've not realized. Actually, we don't fully understand. And there's a depth that we need to go to, to discover the truth of some things that we need to build upon. Today, I'm going to be speaking to you about the power of together. The power of together. We are called to do life together. We are on an assignment that needs us to work and move as one together. And the enemy hates together. He is a troubler of together. He despises when we come together because he knows what the word says, that when we come together, things happen. When we agree together, atmospheres shift. And so today I want to take us back to basics so that we can rediscover what it really actually means to come together. I think in this season that we are all living in, this pandemic, the political shifts that are going on, the things that we have seen on our news day after day, month after month, the hostility and the division, it has shaken us and it has shaken us in a way that actually maybe we needed shaking. Maybe we needed shaking so we could really come back to knowing what our foundations are, what our priorities are and what we truly believe. Maybe the shaking has been so that this word that we say we live by, we can actually ask ourselves and examine ourselves. Am I living by it? Is the word living and active in my life? Because when this word shapes our words, when this word defines words like together, then the world's definitions are irrelevant to us. And what they say together looks like, we begin to say, no, I have a different model. There is a way for us to come together that Jesus laid his life down for. And that's the together that I am believing for today as we open the word. The word of God. How do you approach it? Because once we determine that, we determine how well we're going to build together. Do you know the word of God, it is, it is a gift to your life and mine. And in a time when there are so many opinions, in a time when there are so many conflicting stories, in a time when, to be honest, the word of God can be used in a way that it should not be used to, to twist an arm or to try and get someone to say yes to something that they need to go to the word of God themselves for. We need to understand how to use this book. This book is a weapon in every single one of your hands. But oftentimes this book is not put to work. This book is just something that we visit or we allow someone else to tell us what it says. And I believe this is a time when every single one that is a follower of Jesus needs to know the words of Jesus. We need to know them deeply. We need to go back to basics. 
You know, I know for us over here in the UK, the shaking of our society, the shaking of our community has meant we've had to go back and reconstruct some things. We've had to go back and say, actually, I don't think this was built correctly. I actually think there was something in our building that actually wasn't based on the right foundation. And I think it's instead of us walking away in disappointment, it's the job of the church to come back, roll our sleeves up and say, I'm up for the rebuild. I'm up to build well. You know, the word of God is ready to go to work. And the word of God is ready to construct some things in our churches, in our lives. The word of God is ready to help us build the kingdom according to what God said the kingdom should look like. You know, this word, it reminds me of, of right now I have a, a building project going on at my house and every day we have these laborers that show up and they need to get access to our backyard where the project that they're working on is. And they sit on the driveway of our house every single morning. They've been fully paid for and they are fully skilled and they have all the right tools to do the job. But here's the thing, until I let them in to the backyard of our house, they can't do anything. They can't actually put any of their skills to use. They can't actually help me build what it is I say I need building. I have to let them go to work. And I wonder how many times the word of God is like that fully paid laborer. You know, everything in here is fully paid for. There are heroes of the faith that fully pay for the lessons that we're supposed to learn from. There are fully paid wisdom in here, fully paid for stories about how to do life together, about how to work in a time that is divided, about how to find unity in a sound and in a society that says opinions that are conflicting. It tells us how to do all this, but we've got to put the word to work. You know, the Bible puts it this way. It says in Matthew 7, verse 24, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life or homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Hello. They are foundational words, words to build a life upon. I just think about that. I think, man, in this time, maybe we're seeing that some of these words that we've said we live by, they just have been homeowner improvements. We said we were together and then this happened and now we're realizing, well, we're not as together as we thought. Or we said we believed in unity and standing strong and now we're all falling apart. Maybe these words have not been worked into our life. It goes on to say, they're foundational words. They're words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, a pandemic happened, a political campaign happened, a, 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 a racial prejudice and hostility happened. You put in there whatever you want to put in there. It's saying whatever happens, if this word's worked into your life, nothing moves the house. It's fixed to the rock. But if you just use these words in Bible studies and you don't work them into your life, you were like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when that same storm, when that same situation rolls in and the waves come up, it collapses like a house of cards. A lot of things are collapsing that we thought would stand strong and that means it's time to put the word back to work. Question, if this is a fully paid laborer 
on the driveway of your life, how employed is this laborer? Maybe this laborer is only part-time employed in your life. Or maybe this laborer has for a while been unemployed in your life. And I'm appealing to us, church, to get back to the place where we start to really do the work and really put the word to work and really dig deep. And so over this season, over this lockdown for us in England, we're on our second lockdown right now, over this pandemic, over all of these injustices and hostility that we've all been witnesses of, the question is, what needs to go back under construction? And for me, one of the things I want to focus us all on today is this word together. Together needs to go back to the drawing board. Together needs to go back and let the word do some work because I think we thought we were all together because we sang songs in church together, because we high-fived each other in the, in the lobby of the church building. We, we amen together. But none of that means that we're together. And all it takes is a test. All it takes is a storm for us to reveal that our together is not all together. So I want us to commit to the work of building, of reconstructing a kingdom way of being together. I kind of want us to go back and understand the power of together. You know, everything about the God we serve is modeling and pointing to the power of together. You know, God, the Godhead is three in one. The most, the most divine mystery is a picture. It is, it is pointing us to this incredible togetherness that the three are one, that, that God's never been lonely a day in his life because he doesn't do life alone, that there is this together of the Trinity that we can't even wrap our heads around, but it's pointing to this power power of the Spirit, the power of Christ, the power of God Almighty coming together to be one. And even in the beginning, when he set it up for Adam and Eve, he said, you're better together. He wanted two to become one. He wanted them to be together. And right at the beginning in Genesis, when Eve gets on the scene, we find the enemy shows up and what does he do? He begins to trouble the together. He is a troubler of together. He hates it when people come together because he knows when two come together, there is productivity. There is an ability to reproduce. There is an ability to come into an agreement. And so the enemy wants the church to be divided. He wants the church to fall apart. He wants there to be discord in the ranks. He knows the power of together. You know how he knows it? Because he witnessed it. He was in heaven. He was up there and he saw for himself the togetherness as all the angels come in one voice, as they all come and sing a praise and worship and hallelujahs before the throne. He saw the together of the divine trinity. He saw the together of the peace and the harmony of heaven. And when his ego and when his pride tried to speak up and tried to ruin the togetherness, he was kicked out of heaven. And when he was kicked out of heaven, he knew that he would never be able to taste that togetherness ever again. And what he could not taste, he did not want you or I to taste. 
what he could not experience, he did not want you or I to experience. And ever since the beginning, he has troubled together from Adam and Eve to you see the murder that happened with Cain and Abel, from the relationship that went wrong with Jacob and Esau, when you see Joseph and his brothers and on and on and on it goes. He is the troubler of together. And we cannot fight him with just a scripture that we pull out of this book, like a random, like I'm just going to use this and pray unity. No, you have to put the word to work. You can't just pray it. You have to know what it is to be together. Know what it is to stand together. Know what it is to lift a voice and a shout together. It says in Psalm 19 that the heavens declare the glory, the skies proclaim the works of his hands. The whole of earth, the whole of the heavens is reflecting the togetherness that God created in the beginning. And we are also knit together in our mother's womb by God himself, that he was the one who wove our very body together. It says in Psalm 18, that God made my life complete. He placed all the pieces before him and I got my act together. He gave me a fresh start and now I'm alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. Every day I review the way he works and I try not to miss a trick and I feel put back together and I'm watching my step. God put our lives back together. God knit us together. And now God has called and assigned us to build his kingdom together. So church, we've got work to do. And I can't think of a better place than, than here today with you, Shawline. Shawline that wants to work together. Shawline that wants to rally and serve together. If ever there was a need of those to model it, you can be the answer right in the location where your campus is. So let's just take the next few moments and break this thought down. You know, I, I don't know if you ever played the game when you were growing up, charades, we call it over here, maybe you have a different name for it, but the game would be that you would take a word and you would try and act it out and gesture it and syllables and make yourself look a fool and everybody watching you, it's an obvious word, but because you couldn't say it, they would have to guess by what you did what the word was. I kind of want to do that with this word together today. I want us to break it down. I want us to pull it apart. I want us to dissect it so that we can fully appreciate and understand it. And so I want to look at, first of all, what is the sound of together? You know, together has a sound. You know, you know this, right? You know in your house if there is a sound that is not together. <laughs> if you are raising children and you know you can hear World War III going off in one of the rooms somewhere, you know that that sound is not together. The sound of discord is very, very clear. And you can tell also on the flip side of that when there's a sound of together, when there's a sound that is of harmony, when there's a sound of agreement in your house. When there's a sound of together, more things get done. When there's a sound of together, there's less tension in the atmosphere. And so we have to get back to making a sound that sounds like together. What does together sound like right now in our nation? Well, right now, I think all across the states, there are people wondering, what does it sound like to be together? Do I have to agree with this or agree with that for us to be together? 
And I think God's asking us as the church, no, go back to the word, put it to work and reconstruct what it sounds like to be together. Go back to that place and understand the power of your voice when you use it together. We've used our voice for so many things. We've used our voice to criticize. We've used our voice to, to give our opinion. But church, maybe it's time for us to come together and realize, you know, we've got some work to do. There's a sound that the world needs to hear, that we can disagree, but we can still have a sound of being together. We can have different opinions, but there's still a sound of our together. We can see things from different vantage points, but there's still a sound that I am for you and I am together and I am with you. That sound is what we've got to go back and build. You know, I'm Reminded of the time when Joshua, do you remember Joshua? Joshua, who was one of the spies that went out to spy the land. He went out to spy what God said was theirs for the taking. And as they went out to spy the land, those 12 spies, they went out and, and they saw all of the stuff that God had promised to them. From the, from the greatness of the resources in the land to the greatness of the, of the water and the grass and the hillside and all of it that God said he was going to give them. And so there was already a promise, it's yours. But they never got to step into the promise. Why? Because there was not a togetherness. One saw one thing, another saw another thing. And out of those 12 spies, there was a, there was a disjointed discord, a sound that came back. And the sound didn't come back echoing what God had said was possible. The sound that came back was, well, you know, they, they're like, they make us look like grasshoppers, one said. Others said, well, you know, we feel like, you know, they would just, you know, eat us up. There's no way we can do this. Joshua and Caleb, they appealed and said, no, let's make a sound. Together we can take this land. Together we can build. Together we can advance. Together we can step into the promise that God has already given us. But their discord, their disunion meant they never got to take the land. And I am so aware right now spiritually, if we don't get our act together, if we don't start getting the sound of together, we're going to miss stepping into land God has for us. We're going to miss taking ground that God has already in advance planned for us. Those reports divided the people. And instead of a sound of together, what happened was the camp was filled with the sound of grumbling, and complaining. The sound of division was in the camp and we know that that sound meant that no one got to step into the promise that God had for them. But Joshua, therefore, when he goes into the next part of the story, when he has to go and take the place Jericho, he steps into the promised land and he's faced with the first obstacle that's before him. It's like it's a rerun of that moment. Okay, I know I'm going to step into this land. I know God's going with me. And now I have this crowd to take with me. And maybe he was having recall. This didn't go well the first time. And so God gives him an instruction. And I want you to understand that this instruction was so powerful because God was trying to help Joshua rebuild the sound of together. And the instruction that God gave for Joshua to have when he went towards Jericho, Joshua gave it to the people and he said this, Joshua commanded the army, you do not give a war cry. You do not raise your voice. You do not say a word until I tell you. And when I tell you, and only when I tell you, then you can shout. 
Joshua 6. And so this, this story begins to play out where Joshua is realizing the sound of together is so crucially important. And I'm not sure that you all get that. I'm not sure what's going to come out of your mouth when you see the walls. I'm not sure what you're going to say when I tell you my battle plan. And, and I think Joshua knew the sound that could come forth from all these people, the, the discussions about what we should do and when we should do it, the conversation behind the scenes that could happen between different ones in the army. I think he realized, I need to shut it all down. I need to shut it all down because I need to make sure that when we do speak, when we do lift our voice, there is one sound, there is one shout, and there is one voice. And with that, God can bring the walls down. Maybe, just maybe, church, God right now is pulling us back towards him, back to his word, back into this place of understanding how to speak together. And that may mean there are some things you don't get to say. <laughs> I know it. Maybe like me, there's been some things you've almost put on Facebook, almost tweeted, some comments you wrote and then deleted. You know what? Good on you. Because what we're doing is we're saying, I'm not willing to add to the division or the discord. Instead, when I say something, I want it to be one of the voices that help bring the walls down. I want it to be a voice that helps us take the victory that is ours. I don't want to win a small battle. I want to win the Lord's battle. I don't want to build my kingdom with my words. I want to build God's kingdom. And I'm sure there were so many, those laps. Imagine walking around these walls and all the things going through your head and all the comments that you know you could say. But the instruction was, no, there's going to be one sound that comes out of us. There's going to be one shout that comes out of us. And that shout has to await for its appointed time. Maybe right now, Shoreline, maybe right now in all of our campuses, we're, we're going back to basics. We're, we're putting the word to work. We're, we're working on our own sound so that when we do speak, it is the sound of together. It is the sound of amen. It is the sound of I am for you. And when we say it, we mean it. We don't say I'm for you if or I'm for you when, but I'm for you. Why? Because you're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. Do not let the troubler of together affect your sound. Do not be like those that never made it into the promise because there was so much conflicting opinion. There was never a clear sound of how to move forward. We're supposed to come together. Our sound should be, I'm for you, I'm with you. Our sound should be in Romans 14. It says it this way, let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. What's it saying? You have the ability with your words to create a sense of together. Matthew 18 verse 19, where two or three come together in my name and agree there things happen. What's it saying? If you're going to use your voice, use it in agreement. Use it to pray a prayer that changes atmospheres. Use it to bring a wall down that doesn't belong in your promised land. We've got to learn yet again. We've got to go back to that place where we understand the sound of together. 
Together has a language and it is inclusive, not divisive. Together has a language and it is graceful, not critical. Together has a language and it is honoring, not humiliating. Together has a language and it is loving, not judging. Together has a sound. Maybe you need to hold your tongue. Maybe you need to delete your comments. But if we're going to see the kingdom come, then we need the sound of heaven here on earth. What about what does together look like? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know about you, but over here we'd have sports days at school and, and one of the ones that was the most popular race to do at school in sports day was what they called the three-legged race. I don't know if you do that in America, it's just us crazy English people. But basically you tie your leg with a rope to the leg of somebody else and then you've got to run against others that are also tied together. And the whole idea is that you're only going to really make it if you work out how to work together. There's no good one of you being fast and the other being slow. There's no good one of you going with one foot and the other with the other. You've got to work out. Okay, we're tied together. So how do we work so we can move together? Church, we're learning that all over again. How do we move together as the army of God? How do we move together as the family of God? What does together look like? What does it sound like? But what does it look like? And I think we've got to put the word to work and go back to the place of reconstructing how we work and move together. A lot of us are falling over. A lot of us are pulling in different directions. But if we want to be an army, if we want to take ground, then we have to work in sync with each other. How do we move together? Well, it doesn't mean we all look the same or act the same. That's not the idea. I don't know if you've ever watched anyone, a professional dancers maybe, that are doing some beautiful dance, you know, and they're graceful and they're moving and they're so together. But their steps are not exactly the same. In fact, the opposite steps sometimes are taken by each person, which means they complement each other beautifully. We're not supposed to be robots marching like all at the same, uh, at the same way, at the same, we're, we're created to have this beautiful difference about us, this beautiful, this beautiful creativity about us. So it's not that it's like a sameness in the way that we speak and move, but it's just a unity, it's a harmony. And when it comes to our moving together, it's a gracefulness so that we are in step with each other, just like those dancers that find that grace to move together. And I've realized one of the ways that we move together is we all have to lean into the same beat. You know, if I'm listening to a beat that is more like jazz, and you're listening to a beat that is more like a waltz, then our moves are totally going to be out of sync. But if we are leaning into the same rhythm, to the same beat, then no matter what step you're doing, you're going to be moving to the same tempo, the same rhythm. God sets the rhythm for his church. God sets the rhythm for the kingdom that we're called to build. And so we all have to lean in to that sound so that we can move together as one. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 11 that when we walk with him and when we work with him, we learn the rhythm of grace. Maybe there's an area of your life right now that feels just out of step. Maybe there's an area right now, even in your home, in your marriage, and you just feel there's something off. 
Well, the way to get back to moving together, the way to get back to feeling like well, there's a momentum together is to get the same beat, the same tempo, the same word setting the pace for what happens in your life. God is setting the rhythm for his church. God is setting the rhythm for his people. Galatians 5 verse 24 says this, we have to live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. And right now, I think everybody around the world is praying, okay, God, what next? What next? And God's like, just keep in step with the Spirit. Just keep in step, not with the news, not with opinions, but with the Spirit of God. Lean in to the Spirit of God and He will teach you the rhythm so that we can move together. I believe this is the time for the church to move as one to be seen as those in a time where so many are divided, that there's a way we learn how to move as one. It says this in Ephesians 4. I love this. It says, you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. And that's why we've got to do the work. We can sometimes put on a great show that we're together, but inwardly we have to be together. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who rules over all, works through all and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. And it goes on to say, within Christ's body, the church, we are moving until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. What's it saying? It's saying this oneness is going to work through the body of Christ until we're all moving rhythmically and easily together. Church, where we feel out of step, where we feel a little disjointed, it's okay. It just means there's some work to be done. Let us be willing to find that rhythm, that grace to move as one. You know, Shoreline, you are called for such a time as this. God's hand is on that church family. His hand is on you, Earl and Anika. His hand is on you. I am telling you, you are in the right place at the right time because God's going to use you in all of your diversity as a church, in all of the things that make you unique and creative and beautiful as a church, God is going to use you. He's asking you to humble yourselves and go back to that place of letting the word begin to construct what it looks like to be one, what it sounds like to come together, what it sounds and looks like to move together. You know, right now, I just know that God is prophesying these words over you, Shoreline, over you, Earl and Anika, that this is a time and this is a season where you need to come as the church and begin to find your shout, begin to model what it is, begin to work that word into your life because God is looking for those that are willing to go and construct something that the world doesn't have the time or the effort or the willingness to actually do the work of. We're called to do this life together. Let me read this incredible scripture to you from Colossians 1. It says this, When we look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen, we look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. 
for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death and his blood that poured down from the cross. All of it, every part of it, comes and finds a place of togetherness in him. Church, that is the kingdom that we are called to build. That is the kingdom that we represent. And I think we've got to go back to basics and begin to unpack some words that have been overused in the church, overused by the body of believers and under-understood. We have misunderstood. We have, we have made together something so shallow. And I think because we've all been quarantined or locked down and we've been put in different places, we've had to fight. We've even had to fight to come together, to worship together. We've had to fight to have services where we can actually connect and be together. And there's something about that fight that I don't want us to lose sight of. There's something about the fight for community that I believe God is in and will use to demonstrate to the world what together really looks like. Church, we're family. We are brother and we are sister. We are family. And when God sounds that, that trumpet sound and says, now's the time for the church to move. Now's the time for us to speak up. Now's the time for the church to move. We all want to be doing it together. We want to be in sync. We want to be in harmony. Let's be together, not just in word, but let's be together in prayer. Let's be together in our actions. You know, as a church, I want you, you know, to, to take this now into your work life, take this now into your week ahead and, and practically put the word to work and think, where, where do I need to change my sound? Maybe you've been critical or maybe you've been negative. Change your sound so that it is the sound of together. Maybe in your home, you need to have a conversation and say, I don't know that this sound of together is even in our home and we need to start to put it there. Maybe there is a, a place where you feel like you're moving in a direction that's causing tension, like that rope being pulled when you know if you came together, there would just be a sense of, of peace and harmony and grace in the movement. You know, I know right now you're almost at the place where it's time for Cultivate, the women's conference, November the 19th. I wish I would be there. But you know, this is not just an event where, where we just try and say, you know, come along. No, it's a rally call. It's a call to the women of Shoreline to, to come together, to say we're in this together, to get our watch parties and our friends and book on and be together. When those moments happen as a church, let's not be, well, maybe I'll get to it later. I don't know if I've got time. No, let's put the word to work and come 
together, when we, when we rally together to, to get our in-person gatherings back up and running, let's be all a part of believing and praying for God to make a way for us to keep moving forward together. Charlotte, I'm so proud to be a part of your extended family. And I know God's hand is on you in this season of anointing. There is a sound and there is a look and there is a way that together operates in. I pray today over you that you would understand that. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this church, for this community. And today I commit into your hands the leadership and all of the people around them. God, I pray there will be an outburst of the togetherness in a whole new dimension. I pray the sound of together will be stronger than ever before. I come against an enemy that wants to sow discord. I come against any voices that seek to bring division. And God, I pray that this will be a time when the church find their shout together, when they move together. God, I thank you that we are building your kingdom together. So bless them, Lord, extend them, Lord, and give them the strength, Lord, and the power of together. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to turn it back right now to the team right there on your campuses. And they're going to ask some of you that are right now watching this, maybe you need to take a journey with God to come together with him. Maybe you need him in your life. Maybe you need to ask him for forgiveness of your sins. He wants to be together with you. And as I hand back to the team to lead you in this moment, I know that God's going to meet you right there in that moment. I love you, church. You're the best. Thanks, pastors.